guys, welcome back to another episode of Man Made. Hey, listen, this is where we help you create exceptional experiences, implement everyday tools, and accelerate personal success. We also help you build lifelong networks with other men who give a shit about life. All right, gents, we're live. 12 o'clock, here we go, Monday. I'd like to say Monday morning, but it feels like it should still be Monday morning, by the way. Hey, good to see everybody. How are we doing? Good. Great. Up and at it, man. Yeah. All right. Well, it has been a busy day, I'm sure, for everybody and for all those that are uh, listening here in uh, Facebook land. Uh, it has been uh, just go and play. Let's, let's go. Let's go on attack here. huh? Um, let's go. Let's just, just do a quick recap. How was uh, first of all, gentlemen, how was the weekend? Tell me something good about it. Weekend was good, man. We uh got an early birthday coming up here so went out celebrated with family as you know because you were there josh but uh, that was kind of the highlight of mine man played some fantasy football too so uh you know it was a good weekend yeah uh, early birthday tuesday is not only jordan's birthday but it's uh, mom and dad's anniversary and then it's potentially uh our uh, sister's uh fourth oh, yeah. child uh they're going to be inducing wow. her possibly tomorrow so uh, Jordan will have a few more, or I'll have at least another one on, a, uh, to celebrate a birthday with. So okay. <laughs> that's good. We couldn't really, really celebrate your birthday being on the 75 hard stuff. So we, uh, yeah. we'll just postpone the real celebration until afterwards. So, yeah, um, I like it. yeah. Uh, Jimmy, what's about you, brother? How was the weekend? Yeah, no, I, yeah. So, um, as you guys know, I'm, we're going through a remodel of kind of the main level of our house and they we got flooring in on, uh, on Friday. So cabinets flooring are in, and it's kind of like at that point it went from a remodel project to now we're starting to get back in our home. So that was, that was exciting. We still have uh, countertops to get in. Um, but we'll, those will be coming in here in the next week, w- week or two, but it finally like felt like a home again. And so that was, so Katie was moving stuff in. She was pack, starting to pack all the cabinets. We're figuring out where stuff's going to go all of our storage stuff is, is being put away. So yeah, that, that was just a real freeing moment this weekend. Yeah. Dude, you guys have been kind of in that chaos for quite a while now. So yeah, we've, we've been, we've been, been cooking outside. So, <laughs> um, we've been, as you know, you came down and visited all, all yeah. of our, all of our meals prep has been outside at the, at the, at the bar outside by the pool. So. Wow. Well, luckily you have an amazing outside better than most people's yeah. inside by the way. So yeah, pretty cool. It's not a, it's not a bad thing. J- uh, James, how was weekend, brother? Uh, weekend was great. Uh, so some of you know this, it's, it is elk season in Wyoming. So we're, <laughs> we're right in the middle of uh, archery elk. And my youngest son and I, we were just out doing man-made stuff. We, uh, uh, we were up on the mountain. We, we had a really cool experience. We didn't have uh, success as far as, as hunting success, but we were, uh, we were out on a side-by-side and the fuel pump went out on the side-by-side and we were about 12 miles from the pickup. So we really had to get creative and I, I hope we get to talk about it at some point. We, we MacGyvered our way out of the mountains on that side-by-side. So it was a great weekend. The elk are bugling. Um, it's an awesome time to be out in, out in the forest with the, with the elk and the deer and everything. Great time of year. So we're just looking forward to doing more of that, but it was a good weekend. Yeah. Awesome. How about, how about you, buddy? Yeah, there was no weekend. I was just telling, uh, I was just talking to some people this week, uh, like this today. It was just like, I feel like I need a weekend uh, between soccer and basketball, like practice and 
football games for the boys and a car that just uh, broke down this weekend and uh, trying to get a new battery in another vehicle. And then of course, obviously the workouts and all the, you know, so it's like, yeah, there was, there was no weekend to be had here. So um, it was just kind of rinse and repeat another day. It's okay though. You know, it, in fact, it was interesting. I was kind of, I kind of had my own come to Jesus meeting with myself this morning. Like I can either whine and bitch about this, or I can embrace this and understand there's a reason why I'm doing this and how has this actually benefited me? So uh, it was, uh, it was good. It was good to have that uh, uh, come to Jesus meeting this morning. All right, gents. Well, let's do, let's just talk about this. Um, you know, we uh, uh, obviously we opened up our, um, our podcast two weeks ago with um, Afghanistan and what was going on over there, um, that complete debacle. Uh, and really what it's doing, not only to our country, but obviously um, to the world and what that's opening up for, um, you know, for obviously for our future. Uh, and, and then um, we, the next weekend was about man-made and really what, the, what man-made is about and why we're doing this and why we're involving ourselves and why we're just literally just raising our hands and saying, okay, enough is enough. Um, we've got to step up. And um and then also creating those experiences for guys as well, too, to, to have those opportunities to like really start to live life to the fullest. Uh, and then, uh, you know, this week we want to talk 9-11, you know, um, we um, just had uh, the memorial of the of 9-11 um, uh, last week. Was it last week? Yeah, I want to say it was our days here. We're on the 20th, yeah, so weekend. a little over that. Yeah, a little over that. Um, and I thought it would just be really good uh, to... I'd like to see where everybody was like, well, I want to know what your thoughts are. Um, you know, obviously with everything going on in the world right now and everything that's going on in our nation right now, um, you know, first of all, I'd like to know, like, where were you at? Like, what was going on in life? Because um, I, I have a really interesting viewpoint on this. And I would say the immaturity of where I was at in my life and where I'm at now. Um, but uh, I'd, I'd love to know, like, um, you know, uh, let's just start, uh, uh, James, you know, nine 11 happens. Uh, you get woken up that morning. Like, where were you at? What was the mindset? Like, what did you, what did you think when this first, uh, hit you? So I've got a, I've got a really unique experience there. Um, I was in, in nine 11 of 2001, I was guiding hunters in, in, on a wilderness pack trip up on the West side of the state. And so that was, that was the third day and we were on a five day hunt. So I didn't even find out what happened for two more days. So I was mm -hmm. unaware that our world completely changed because we were in a, we were in a wilderness trip. Um, you got to understand, this is before smartphones, right? We didn't have 4G. We didn't have 5G. There was no smartphone. I had a cell phone, but it was like a little, I mean, all you did was type numbers on it. And so, but oddly enough, so one of the few things, and, and we always pointed this out to our backcountry guests is we would say, hey, do you see that plane flying over? You hear that plane flying over? You'd hear jets all the time because it's it's one of the most remote areas in the lower 48. It's the largest roadless area in the lower 48. They call it the thoroughfare. And um, one of the things we point out, we say, hey, you hear that? You hear that engine noise? That's the only engine noise we hear back here because there's no no machinery allowed back in here. And so we we packed out. I mean, everything was good. Our worlds did not change until we got back. So it was two days later, the 13th, we get back to the trailhead and we, we had commented on it. We, we said, man, well, it's weird that there've been no planes flying over. Like those last two days, there were just no planes flying over whatsoever. And we just, somebody commented on it. Somebody's like, oh, it's weird that we haven't heard a plane. 
and it was just in passing. But now it was so relevant because we knew what had happened. So we get back to the trailhead. We jump in our vehicles and head back to uh, to the, the main lodge. And everything on the radio was about that. And so we get back to the main lodge and that was all the discussion. As a matter of fact, we had hunters who were scheduled to be in that next that next week that canceled. So we, we basically went home because we had no hunters because nobody was flying in, nobody was traveling, nobody was doing anything. And I got to tell you, it was, it was so weird. It was like a, a scene from the twilight zone, um, not realizing what had happened until two days later. So mm-hmm. it hit us. I mean, we, we were all just like, how, like, like we, we had all the same questions that, that everybody was asking the day of, but we were asking them later. And fortunately for us, we, we had a few more answers than, than they did when, you know, when it first happened. So that's where I was. It changed, man. I mean, it, I got to tell you that it was, it was, the, the day we left to go on that camp and the day we came back, two, two completely different vibes in the world. I remember driving back into town. So we were driving through, uh, through Cody. And I remember on my way back home, seeing all the flags out. Every business on Main Street had a flag out. Everybody was, and I was like, oh, this is real. Like, this is a real yeah. thing. So it, it changed for us. So that's a little bit about where I was. Yeah. Jordan, what about you, buddy? Yeah, I was, uh, I'm going to date myself a little bit or... Um, I was in ninth grade, so my alarm went off. Uh, it was one of those, you know, alarms where you have it set to the station, radio station, goes off. And I was just kind of out of it, you know. I need my sleep back then. Uh, hit the snooze button. Um, it came back on. They were talking about it, and I just started kind of piecing it together. I got up. Um, uh, Mom was in the kitchen, and uh, and then she, you know, filled me in and everything just kind of came together. But I remember just going to school. We had football practice that day. It was canceled. Um, but to James's point, I mean, I just remember the unity, you know, that um, obviously we're shocked, we're saddened, uh, but the unity of how we all came together, it's just quite the contrast, you know, of, of where we are, you know, today. Um so yeah, that's where I was at. Uh, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. So r- real quick, James, I, I talked to a hunter um, that was on a caribou hunt up in Alaska. Mm-hmm. It was a fly in, fly out caribou hunt. Um, and they got stuck there for an additional week because the planes weren't flying. And so, um, you know, they were, they were in that. So they were actually starting to, consume the game that they had that they had gotten in order to just stay alive and, and they had no idea they couldn't reach anybody by sat phone it was they were just waiting for the for the plane to show back up and they didn't know when it was going to show back up so it, it kind of a parallel or kind of a similar story but yeah so i was uh i was in the uh, grand Ole opry hotel uh, down in Nashville and Katie and I were in between cycle breaks. I was a company commander for a basic training company and we were between cycle breaks. We had just gotten done with one, um, 14 week cycle and we were actually getting ready to start there in a couple days. Um, and I was playing on the floor with my son. Um, and I turned on the, the news and the first channel that came on was that WGN out of Chicago. And they were talking about evacuating the Sears tower. I was like, why are they evacuating the Sears Tower? And then I flipped it over to one of the, you know, Fox News or CNN. And, I, you know, one tower was already, uh, had been hit. And I told Kitty, I was like, hey, you got to come look at this. She was getting ready in, in the bathroom, came back out and looked at it. 
And about that time, we we watched the second plane hit hit the second tower, and it was like, holy cow, this is crazy. Um, so we packed up, we checked out, and started back to Fort Benning, Georgia, where we were uh, where we were stationed. And um, they basically said, hey, thanks for checking in. Um, we'll call you. You right now, you are not, you're not considered an essential personnel, so just stay at home. Just um, stay there. So. Uh, a couple, two, three days later, they we, we were finally able to get back on on post. But um, what was an open post at that point, meaning you could drive on and off, no big deal. Um, anybody could come on at, at any time. They went to hard barricades, um, checkpoints at the beginning or at that, at all the entrances. And then for the next year or two, you just saw all of these installations come with these very significant checkpoints out, out in front, um, showing your ID, all the perimeter of all these bases, all got uh, got fences, barbed wire fences all around them. Um, and it became a very, a very secure, you know, each one of these bases become a very, very secure site. So yeah, mm -hmm. completely changed our world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I was in the off season. Uh, it was baseball uh, that we just got done with and uh, I was getting ready to head to fall ball uh, eventually there, but it was the off season. I remember being home. I was at, uh, the folks's house and, um, I had had a hard fun evening the night before. And, uh, I remember mom coming in and just like, Hey, she's like, they just ran in. They, uh, they, a plane just crashed into the world trade center. And I'm like, okay, like, why'd you wake me up for that? Like, you know, just like it was, it was kind of like a fluke thing. So I remember getting up and, and, uh, looking at the news and of course, seeing that, um, and to be honest with you, once again, this is just like where I was at it in my world is, is like, all right, well, you know, a plane crashed in it. It was obviously pilot error. <clears throat> Something happened. And just as I've kind of looked at documents, a lot of them thought, well, maybe a pilot had a heart attack and they ended up crashing into the crashing into the tower. Right. And so I went back to bed for at least another hour, hour and a half, and then woke up and found out that it was another plane that had crashed too. And at that time, I just was, I really couldn't grasp what had happened. I really didn't grasp that it was terrorist. I didn't grasp like the severity of, uh, of the moment and how that was going to change us as a nation going forward. And so, um, you know, I've always talked to a lot of people about how, you know, when, when you're in, um, uh, as a professional athlete, you're, you're in a world within a world, the, the reality that most people live by, you're not living in that reality. Um, and, and this was kind of one of those cases where I just didn't understand. I didn't really get it. Uh, I didn't get it. How it was going to affect us going into the future? I didn't how I didn't realize how it was going to affect us immediately either. Uh, and so this was an interesting time for me, and uh, and really just uh, trying to, to to gather enough information to say, okay, what the heck, what what really happened here? Uh, so it's been an interesting journey over the years to really try to figure out like where we played a role in this as a uh, as a nation. So I really kind of want to go there. Um, you know, <clears throat> we've had. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously, so we're 2021. So we've had, you know, 20 years since 9-11. Um, I'd like to know from your guys' perspective, like what has changed from your initial reactions to what had happened to what you know, what had happened, the, the history of this? I mean, uh, you know, first of all, we all we know that, uh, um, you know, um, 
the Soviet Union was over there in Afghanistan in 79. This is kind of really when everything started, like when the U.S. started to get involved in that sense of where we felt like there was an interest in, in Afghanistan. You know, we had a time at one point in time we could have had Osama bin Laden. The, um, the Sunnis were trying to give us Osama bin Laden back. Uh, I want to say it was um, da, 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 what's my one of my one of my notes here. Ninety three, I think, is when it was when it was that they tried to give us back or tried to give us Osama bin Laden because they saw him as a threat and we didn't take him, right? Because we didn't really see him as a threat at that point in time. Um, and so, I just like to know from your guys's perspective, um, what has changed in your mindset uh, from from what you were told and what we've kind of found out to present day here. So, who'd like to try to tackle that one first? Well, yeah, I guess, you know, for me, um, I, I was like you, Josh, I, and like many people, we didn't understand what really was going on. We, we thought maybe it was an accident, you know, um, and after finding out what happened, I, here, here's what I could tell you. It, it gets really hard the older I get to watch a video of 9-11. And um, when we look at this division in this country, um, it, uh it's just, it's, it's difficult. And it's, uh, it means even that much more to me, the older I get, and I, you know, obviously now you have kids and you get older and I think that's natural. Um, you know, what's going on now, it, obviously the debacle of, uh, you know, how we pulled out, pulled out of Afghanistan, um, and how that looks on the world stage. You have China and Russia, their involvement in the countries, uh, in Afghanistan and, you know, just natural resources and all that stuff. But here's the deal. I mean, we have a crisis like at the border also. And, you know, a lot of the talk right now is about, are we going back to pre 9-11 days? Are we opening ourselves up to that? And, uh, you know, that's a huge concern. I'm not about, I don't want to be, you know, pushing fear and anxiety, but I'd be lying to say that that's not what I, I'm concerned about. And I think a lot of people are concerned about that. Um, there just happens, there just seems to be a lack of any kind of attention, um, you know, from our administration to take care of, of what's going on there to, to address that issue. And um, I guess that's just kind of the reality is people are just flowing in. We have no idea who's coming in. Uh, we don't know what the dangers that that uh, poses. And um, I think you have a lot of Americans very concerned, but um, it's just like it's falling on deaf ears. Um, and it's almost like it's intentional or something that, uh, they're not addressing that. So, um, I don't know if that answers your question, I guess, but that's just where my mind automatically goes when we talk about this is yeah. just looking at our, our present situation and, and, you know, what could come from that. Yeah. It's amazing how much information really truly is out there, by the way. I think that's one of the things that I find that I'm finding very interesting is, is we had a, we had the history of Afghanistan. We had the history of all of um, all of these terrorist organizations over the years. We were watching all of this, just like we are watching right now. Dude. We're, we're, this isn't like, to be honest with you, like nothing's a surprise uh, uh, to the government in a sense uh, when it comes to these terrorist organizations and the power that they're getting right now. I think it's coming to a surprise uh, to us as, Amer as Americans because we're, we're finding after the fact all of the stuff and the information that we know. I mean, Jimmy, you know, you're, you, you understand this firsthand because of being in the military. But I mean, as I was researching and as I've continued to find out more and more about this, I mean, 
we got obviously Soviet Union was in Afghanistan in 79. I mean, by, by 1985, I mean, just listen to this. By 1985, if we wonder why Afghanistan is so messed up, I mean, look at everybody that's been trying to attack them, right? Uh, and, and, and trying to take them over, just like Jimmy had kind of mentioned before. I mean, by 1985, a million Afghanis were killed. A million had been, another additional had been wounded. And then over 2 million of them had actually had to be, have fled, had fled to Pakistan as well too, right? We know that Al-Qaeda was uh, created in the 80s by now, right? We also know that um, Osama uh, had started his, and it really started a clan. That's all it was, right? At that time, it was just a kind of a band of, of, uh, of brothers for, so to, you know, for lack of better words over there, right? And then finally, and then Soviet, uh, Soviet Union finally leaves, Right. And the reason why they left is because the U.S. intervened. Right. And the yep. U.S. finally intervened. And what they did is they, they produced uh, weapons for them. Right. And it was the Stinger missile that actually destroyed uh, the hopes of Soviets of the Soviet Union taking over over there. Right. So it's like it's like we already knew this stuff. Like we were actually we were active in the participation of all of this stuff. And so I think it's so important for us to know the history of it, because these are the things that we were doing, but then we also fell so far short. And then obviously we're looking at what we're at as a country right now. And are we falling short again now? Like, are we not doing the things like, is history going to repeat itself? And, you know, Jordan, like you said, uh, you know, I think a lot of people know that we're, we're more than likely not going to experience a hijacking, hijacking of an airplane as a terrorist attack. One of the biggest concerns that they have now is because of our open borders and how they, they don't know, they're not, they can't vet the amount of people that are coming in to our borders right now, right? And if you look at what has happened to Russia, oh, you look at happen, what has happened to the, what the terrorist organizations have done over there, they're actually going in and attacking schools and bringing the kids out into the basketball courts and executing the children. Like, that's what we're kind of afraid of now, right? Like, those are the types of, uh, uh, of uh, terrorist attacks that we're going to start to see. And of course, obviously, you got cyber as well, too. So um, I just kind of want to lay that foundation in the sense of, we're finding more and more information how the, the, how the U.S. was involved uh, throughout this entire process, right? We knew that back in, you know, in, in 1999, two embassies were attacked, right? Two U.S. embassies were attacked. In 2000, uh, we had the USS Cole that was attacked. 17 soldiers were killed. Our sailors were killed in, in that attack, right? And then we also knew in 2000, in July of 2000, we knew that there were already uh, potential hijackings of airplanes that were, in, that were going to happen. So we, got, we, like, we knew all this information. So what do we know now, right? So Jimmy, I'll, I'll open the door for that yeah. one for everybody. Yeah, here's the, here's the challenge, right? Um, the challenge in all of this is we have to be strong. The United States has to be strong, but the world doesn't want us to be strong they want they want to play, and then when they play and then on the flip side of this all of a sudden something happens they become the victim and now they want us to be strong right we we, we our government is caught in a true catch-22 and it is and it is a hard position to be in i'm not saying that um that it, it, it's not an excuse that by by any way shape or form but if we were to, you know, for if we were to, you know, do a preemptive strike, I mean, we we kind of did sort of uh, preemptive strike, not not um, in Afghanistan, but that that the guy that we took out in in Iran, um, 
I forget, I forget his name. He, he was responsible for all of the, e, uh, the EFPs that um, the electronically formed penetrator IEDs mm -hmm. yeah. that came into Iraq during Iraq. Um, and everybody, everybody's arms were up, you know, everybody was up in arms. Oh my goodness. I can't believe you, you, you killed him, you know, a human life, blah, blah, blah. God, you know how much damage yeah. that one guy did to yeah. our soldiers and our uh, and our service members in 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 Iraq, that guy absolutely had to go away. Mm -hmm. So, but my, my here's here's the challenge that, that we have is okay. We're we're watching this. I can't I can't help not believe that that we've once again we've got the intelligence. We've got people are people are watching. It's what now you, do you do with that intelligence, and how do you? look strong on the global stage without looking like a bully because as soon as we do something everybody cry you know everybody throws a bully card but as soon as everybody needs something we're the first ones to call mm -hmm. so it's all about how can we how can we throw stones at the u.s at any chance we get and and then it comes back to the 24-hour news cycle that if it bleeds, it leads, and people, you know, they can spin a story however you want to look at it, depending on what side you want to look at it as. And so, my that's my biggest challenge is how do we be, how do we remain strong on the world stage, but how do we remain benevolent at the same time? And that's a hard, uh, a hard line to uh, to really dance around. So, yeah. um, but yeah, go, going forward. It, looking at history and 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 now looking forward, I think we're we're in a really confusing, a really confusing position, um, as as this is is developing here. Yeah, so. I mean, I think that you're also looking at the fact that I think our our ideology is changing as well too with the new administration, and so that's the right. thing of the inconsistency here is one is we're going to be very proactive and we're going to be on the attack. And then now we're like, well, wait a second. No, we want to just hug everybody. And we want to, we're not going to be the world's superpower anymore. And we want everybody to be equal. And we don't want anybody to actually have control. So it's like, and then we, you know, and then, and then we shift again in four to four to eight years. And then we do. And so we yeah. have an identity crisis as a nation as well. Uh, James, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. I mean, obviously you, as a historian, like we're starting to see some of this stuff repeat uh, and we know the road that will go down of course as well too, but I'd love to know just kind of your perspective on this. And I'm going to try to try to keep my libertarian reined in here a little bit, but guys, I mean, here's, here's a simple fact. The only difference between a terrorist and a Patriot is perspective, right? Mm -hmm. You got to understand something, um, you know, back in the revolutionary war, our people who are the fathers of the United States, they were terrorists, right? They were, they were doing dirty, dirty stuff to English, uh, to, to English uh, uh, soldiers. They Absolutely. were guerrilla, guerrilla attacks, right? So our founders were, by, by, all, by every description of the word, they were terrorists, right? Um, the, word, the word jihad, right? The word jihad means struggle right? It means struggle. So my jihad is my struggle. Hey, listen, those patriots that, that we founded our, our principles on, they had a jihad. They're, they had a struggle and their struggle was, hey, we don't want to be ruled by someone. And I, so fast forward to the 80s when, you know, when some of us were in, in junior high and high school and some of us were in maybe grade school, <laughs> right? Those freedom fighters, if you remember, they called those Afghanistans freedom fighters, right? Because they were fighting for their freedom. Mm -hmm. So those same people who we were giving 
small arms and stinger missiles to, we were like, hey, yeah, these guys are fighting for their freedom because it's against the evil red army, right? Like it's because it's against the Soviets. Now, fast forward, we're like, hey guys, remember we come in and helped you out and now we want ours. And they're like, no, we just want to be left alone. We want our freedom, right? Yeah. So now those same freedom fighters, jihadis, whatever you want to call them, whatever your perspective is, now they're over there shooting down Jimmy's people, our people with those same stingers that we gave them, right? It's all cyclical. It's going to mm-hmm. happen again because anytime there is profit to be made in war, there's going to be war, right? I mean, and I, again, I don't want, I don't want to get a soapbox here. I like, I, I'm all about it. Like I'm all about what we are about. I, I love warriors like Jimmy who put it all on the line so that I can wake up every morning and go, man, do I want to go hunting today? Or do I want to go to work? Or what do I want to do? Right. Those guys are, they're irreplaceable. So I love that. But I got to tell you, when government gets involved, that's when stuff goes south. So, and I I know, I know we're all like-minded here, but I don't want to get too deep in that. But guys, listen, man, those people were doing, they were doing what they thought was in their best interest and what was in the best interest of their freedom. Now that doesn't excuse it. Like we go over there and we shoot their asses off when they attack us. And I, I hope we always do that, but you got to understand it's all about perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the challenge with that, James, is um, that, you know, you say when the government gets involved, right. But this is, this is where they're in a catch 22 because well, we don't want them to be involved on the global stage, they have to be involved. And, and so we, we look to them as, okay, what are you going to do about it? Well, when they, and then when they screw it up, it's like, uh, it's all your fault. Right. And so it, that, that, that's where this, this kind of catch 22 is, but, but here's the thing. Um, and, and we used to say in the army, listen, if, if a private isn't complaining, then you got to be worried because that means he doesn't care. So we, we are all ready to get all over the government. And that's because we care about our government. I mean, we, we, we care about, and you've heard me say, we don't have the perfect government, but doggone it, we've got the best one that's out there. And yeah. so, but yet we are, we are super happy to throw stones at them when, when, when they screw up. But we also have the ability to vote them out when we don't agree with them in, you know, in, in a couple of years, four years, eight years, you know, when that happens. So that's the challenge, right? That, that's a challenge. But behind that, I go back to, we have such an intelligent network, intelligence network, and there is so much information out there. It all now becomes, what are the leaders of our government going to do with the information that they know? Mm-hmm. Do you think that with the given in the information that we had, do you feel like, does anybody, I'd, I'd love to know an opinion here. Um, do you feel like we could have stopped 9-11 before it happened? Do you feel that was a failure of our administration to um, just stop it? I, here, here's my challenge, right? Um, nothing like that had ever been done before mm-hmm. on the world stage. Mm-hmm. And so even though all of that information was out there, was there a, a a single organization that was putting all all of it together, that was meshing it all together, that could ideally go to, you know, some senior leader and say, hey, listen, all the indicators are there for this to happen. 
and then have them authorize action to stop it. I don't know because it had never been done before if, or, you know, this, this significant of an event, um, if our government would have, I wouldn't say necessarily take them seriously, but would they would have, would they have the stones to actually act on stopping this? Yeah. And then if they did, did they, would they be able to justify how big it really would have been? Yeah. That's the, that's, that's the next piece of it is how do they, you know, if they, if they thwarted this, how, you know, and they came to the American public and said, Hey, guess what? We just, we just disrupted a crazy, you know, uh, terrorist plot that prevented four planes from, um, flying into our major, you know, major landmarks. And this was, you know, he, we're, we're sending them down to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And what that, what, what, what that storyline would have looked like mm. and, and how much attention would it have gotten? I'm not sure it would have. Well, I'm just curious because, you know, in 1993, we don't, I, I mean, a lot of people probably don't remember this, but in 1993, there was actually a bomb on, on the World Trade Center, right? Mm -hmm. So there already was something that had already, there was already a terrorist organization that attacked it. Well, come to find out that it was, it, it was I think it was Al-Qaeda that had done that at, at that time. And that's when, that's also when the Sunnis were trying to get rid of Osama bin Laden. They weren't faithful to him. They were actually telling the U.S. government, hey, listen, we will give you him right now if you want him. And we chose not to. That's when he went to Afghanistan. And so I guess I'm wondering, I, I'm just curious on our end, uh, it, it, any of you guys, I'd love to know your, your thoughts on this is like, should we have just been proactive and said, okay, yeah, this is a bad dude. And before he does something really bad on American soldier uh, on American soil, we need to make sure that we take care of it now. Right. We've done that before in the past. We continue to do that when we were over in other, in other countries, as we see bad guys and what they've done to their countries. And we step in and say, okay, you're done. We're you're, you're out. We're going to kill you. Right. So I guess I'm just curious is like, were we not aggressive enough and in preventing what potentially was obviously one of the great, it was the greatest, uh, great, I hate saying greatest, it was the most historical uh, terrorist attack on, on, in our nation. Um, should we been more proactive? And if we should, should we more, be more proactive now? Yeah. Hindsight 2020, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I don't, that, you know, you can't argue that one. Yes. Um, who, who's who's that, next, that next terrorist that's going to rear his head? Mm -hmm. that's the question and what do we know about him right. and do we have the stones to preempt his his efforts right jordan james you guys i mean i'm with jimmy i mean it's you can go back in history and you know 2020 like you said you can always uh criticize whether we could have stopped it or not the, the concern is just going forward and, um, you know, I just think that we're, you can almost just see what's happening and just almost see what's going to happen in the position that we're putting ourselves into intentionally. And again, we're not higher ups. We don't know all the intel, blah, blah, blah. But what we do see is like, we do see some of our adversaries going in like China and, and um, 
and Russia, and they're not leaving Afghanistan. In fact, they're, they see this as an opportunity. You see that all this tension going on in the South China Sea, and we know how China is, and we know that they produce everything in the world, and, and um, you know, they're being very, con you know, aggressive um, militarily, and, you know, how they approach Taiwan. What are we going to do when they take over Taiwan? You know, and well, what, will, we like, even, will we even play a role in that, by the way? Will well, we be and, complicit in that or will we actually step in and uh, help Taiwan when it comes to defending themselves? Right. And I think, you know, going back to Jimmy, what you said, it's like, you know, um, people look to the U.S. as uh, for leadership and that's how we've done it. And, and I, I think for a lot of frustrations and mine included is like, well, the perception of the U.S. now we don't have leadership at the top, you know, like we're, you know, we have a, a president that seems like they're asleep at the wheel. We have all this chaos going on here. All we talk about is woke generals and our military. And it's like, we're focused on all that stuff instead of um, being a strong leader. So our perception, I think globally, and I know it, it depends, I guess, on what aisle you're on, but if you just look at the facts and look how it's presented in the media, we look very weak and it looks like we're just focused on a lot of woke things that are dividing this you know, country. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm glad you bring this up because one of the things that they talk about back in uh, when 9-11 um, happened is that we were distracted. We took, the, we took yeah. our eye off the ball. We didn't see the importance of the threats. We didn't see the importance of all the things that were actually happening throughout the world. And we were distracted. We were distracted by our own politics. We were distracted by the Monica Lewinsky scandal that was going on with Clinton, right? We were, just, we were distracted by um, uh, just our society and the greed and just the things that were going on and, and fame and fortune and all these things. Uh, and, and I can't help but think of like, uh, all of the things that we're distracted by now, and which is actually dividing our country greater than we've ever experienced in a sense, um, where are we, do we have the, as our eye off the ball again, right? Do the things that happened over in Afghanistan, Afghanistan, was that really us looking at going, wow, our eye is completely off the ball. We're not paying attention to China or now are we going to be, now are we somehow going to be paying attention to China? You know, I, I'm just curious to know, is like, Jordan, just like you said, like, we are like, we're more, we're distracted by multiple things pulling us right now. And who's creeping in, in the back door right now? Like, what, wh what are we going to wake up one day and go, holy, I did not, we did not see that coming or yeah, we kind of saw that coming, but nobody did anything about it. Mm -hmm. Thoughts. It comes down to, at this point, it's, it comes down to what our senior leaders want to put their attention toward. And, and, and that's the challenge, right, is when, when that back door is open and maybe somebody mentioned something to them about that back door, um, did, they, did they act on it? Or are they too worried about the politics and the political game that they're playing right now up in Washington? Is it, you know, are we, are we too focused on, you know, this bill or that bill or, you know, infrastructure, um, I think we're, we're working on infrastructure and we're, we're working on environments and, you know, all of those kind of things. That's where they're putting all their, their attention. And frankly, Afghanistan, in my mind, if I look at it, Afghanistan was a thorn in their side that they had to deal with for, call it two months. 
I mean, and they, and frankly, they're still dealing with it right now, but they're happy that, um, that we, that we've ended the mission. And if you watch the new cycle right now, that the new cycle has, has very, very little to say about Afghanistan. Now we have moved on to something, something different. And that's a travesty because you think about all of those thousands of Afghans that we have now flown out of Afghanistan, that, that they just, all they wanted to do is get on a plane and get out of there. They didn't care where they went. And now they're sitting somewhere that they didn't have a choice to go to. And they're being asked to rebuild a, a life in a country that is so foreign to them. They don't speak the, or maybe, maybe they do, or they don't speak the language and, and they're, they're starting over. Now, the blessing is they're not starting over the Taliban, but they are truly starting over. And, and how is that? You know, um, I can't imagine that happening to me and my family. Yeah. I mean, that, that is amazing um, that, they, that they're willing to risk that just to get out of, get, get out of Afghanistan. But back to the point of um, that Afghanistan, is, it's, it's moved on. And they, they are kind of saying, okay, good. Let's move on to what we really want to, what we, the political agenda that we really wanted to push forward. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, th- that's where I, I get sad that our, that's where the country's at. And that's where our leaders are at. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, just think about this, it, it, you know, interesting enough, we had not had any, we didn't have a combat death in over a year and a half. The, the this money thing that we keep talking about of the trillions of dollars that were spent, those were all in the years past. They weren't even things that had been currently over the last couple of years. We'd already spent all of that then. We've already got the infrastructure now. We've got the we've got the air base, which is which is all which is, which is what we needed right there, right? We needed the air base. We needed to control the air base. And uh, Intel is telling us that I mean, twenty five hundred American troops would have been able to control. Afghanistan. They could, that presence right there with the 700,000 Afghan troops, they would have been able to be fine. They would have been able to take care of it. And, and we, and we couldn't even do that. You know, I was interesting. um, So back after 9-11, Congress was passing a bill. It was the AMU or AUMF bill, right? And this bill uh, was basically giving um, the president at that time, of course, George W. Bush, uh, uh, giving the, the president the power to do basically whatever, wherever, whenever, in order to fight the war on terrorism, right? And, and one of the senators, uh, she was a female out of, I want to say, California. Uh, and it was interesting what she'd said. Um, her whole thing was that in moments of chaos, uh, we should not make irrational decisions, in moments in chaos, we should not make irrational decisions. And I really love this quote, right? Because obviously that's so true. And I think this is what the military does so well. In moments of chaos, you make very controlled decisions because of your, I mean, you guys are just trained to do this, right? I think is, I thought it was very ironic that we find ourselves now, 20 years later, in this chaos, in this confusion, and so many of the irrational decisions that we're making. I just thought it was absolutely ironic that that could literally be a phrase that should be sent more and more and lived out more and more in today's um, today's climate that we have. So I'd just love to get some thoughts here, guys. I know that uh, we're, we're 43 after the hour. We're going to wrap this up here pretty, pretty soon. Um, 
but uh, just 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 tell me your final thoughts here. Let's just do some closing thoughts uh, of just wrapping this together on, you know, where do you think that we should be heading here? What are the things that we should be focused on possibly? What is the thing that's, that is absolutely apparent to you? We're like, we are missing the boat in this right now. You might not think that this is urgent, but this is most certainly an urgent thing in our country that if we don't at least start raising our hands or at least admitting that this is where we're at, this could have devastating effects to us. I'd love to just kind of know where your where where your thoughts are on this. Anyway, well, you want to tackle that, uh, James? You want to do it, James? Yeah. So, hey, listen, guys. Um, I, I I love where your head's at, Josh, and and I, I like that how you segued that that point because you know there's there's a, a Ben Franklin quote and it says basically any society who is willing to give up liberty for security deserves neither and will get neither. It's, it's something I'm probably misquoted. I probably butchered it, but it's <laughs> so true. Um. Again, I'm, I'm going to try to rein it in here a little bit, but I want you guys to understand something. I think about things a little differently. The Patriot Act, right? Yeah. We lost so many of our personal freedoms in the Patriot Act, right? Y'all ever heard of anything called wiretaps, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 what was it? FISA, like F- FISA court. Guess what? They don't have to get any approval to listen in on this Zoom call right now. All one of us has to do is make a comment that is a flagging comment, something anti-government, something anti-American. Now all of our stuff gets listened in on. And if, hey guys, if you don't know this, they're listening. They're always listening. You, you all know this. You've talked about uh, a new pair of Nike tennis shoes. And next thing you know, your Facebook ad is showing you nothing but Nike tennis shoes. Like the government, the, and I go back to the government, politicians. I'm sorry, Jimmy. You're right. Our, our form of government, our, our uh, democratic republic is the best that there is. Politicians are screwing it up horribly. Politicians are the problem. So when politicians think there's any kind of power in having your information, that's when we've got trouble. So um, guys, listen, we've, we've got to stop. At some point, we've got to stop giving up our personal liberties, our freedoms, so that we can sleep better and feel safer at night. Now, is there a place for some of that? Absolutely. But as we know, they may have even had some of that intelligence and failed to act on it and some bad, bad things happen. So it's, it's, it's all in what they do with that information. But so I, I just want to leave you guys with that, man. If, if we're not willing to stand up on our hind legs and fight for what we really believe in, then what do we really have? Let's just lay down and take what's coming to us. Yeah. Hmm. Jordan, Jimmy. Go for it, Jimmy. Here's, here's, here's what I think we we have to be strong as a nation and we can be strong and we can be benevolent at the same time unfortunately we roll over too fast and we are so concerned about upsetting somebody on the other side of the world stage some other you know some other country but we have to we have to stop and go listen we can be strong we can help you out but you got to understand that we're when we help you out, um, it there's there's a bigger purpose, namely for us. I mean, and for us, maybe that's some world security. Um, and and we have we have the ability to do. I've I've watched, um, and this is probably another conversation. But we have the money, we have the resources to do a lot of things to help out this country or help out globally, but we can't be taken advantage of. We absolutely cannot be taken advantage of, and and other countries need to know that that when you call in the United States, we, we can be there to help, 
but it's not without some kind of a tie, some kind of a, a discussion that says, hey, th th there's an end game. We're not just going to throw funds and resources at you to, to throw funds and resources at you. They, and, and we can do that. A leader can do that. A leader can look at them and go, hey, it's like I you know, do with my kids. Hey, you want this. We'll help you with this. But let's work on something on the backside of that so that, that the end game is you are stronger as a person. Maybe you are stronger with resources. Maybe whatever that is, we have to come across, though, as not the weak link on a world stage. Yeah. We have to be strong, but we can be benevolent. Awesome. I'm just trying to, I'm looking at our Facebook live feed here, just making sure on the comments, uh, what we've got and stuff. So I'm, I'm not ignoring you, brother. I'm just, uh, yeah. uh making sure we get those answered. Uh, Jordan, yeah. all right, brother, what do you got? I mean, here's the thing I want to, um, we have to overcome it as a nation and we have to come together. Um, I'm, I want to be more optimistic and I will always live my life to be optimistic, but I think we have some serious issues and that we need to address. Uh, and uh, James, I, you know, you brought up, you know, politicians, you know, trying to further their career because there's, there's good politicians out there, right? But it just seems like we, we hear about a lot of the extreme ones. And, you know, for me, the, the news cycle and the media um, creates a lot of this division. Um, so I, I think in one end, we have a lot of Americans, a lot of people that are a lot more informed on the history and what's going on. They're asking a lot more uh, questions. Um, and it's, it's hard when you uh, become more informed, um, you don't wanna be a part of that cycle of um, being so passionate that you're, you, you can't uh, feed into like the division, right? Um, so, you know, I don't know the answer to that, uh, to the, the question as far as how we rise above it. Um, I think a lot of us are, um, a lot of Americans care, they're passionate, they're a lot more informed. Um, and, and I guess instead of, uh, just hearing from a lot of the extremists and, um, you know, we start hearing from a lot more of the, uh, you know, the politicians that come with, um, you know, come with something more, um, that's not so a division between the country, you know, uh, the ones that have been there that have the right, you know, mindset as far as how to address it. Um, but I think just the media is just, uh, I think we need to, they need to stop profiting off of like catch a headlines and, and, you know, this misinformation. Um, and I think it, it really needs to start there. If we're going to, if we're going to see, you know, this country come together. Yeah. I just want to, I, and this may be a topic for another, uh, another <laughs> podcast says so some somewhere down the road, but um, the founding fathers set up our, our government incredibly well. I think one place that they fell short, that's my personal opinion is, term limits on members of Congress. Mm -hmm. And, and I believe that if, if we had term limits on members of Congress, that we would, it would, it would, you would still have the political side of it, but it would be more that they weren't, wouldn't be so fighting so hard for their political party that they, that there would actually be, they'd be fighting for the country and there would be, there would be a way that they would come together 
um, across the aisle and, and solve and solve problems. Yeah. So um, that's that's but that's a conversation for for another day. Um, the challenge is that the only people that could vote that in would be the ones who would be setting the limits for themselves. So, yeah. but yeah. anyway, Josh. Well, I mean, as, just that. real quick on that. I mean, the founding fathers never and never meant for politicians to be uh, career politicians. That was never, they were, you're there to serve your time. You're there to serve your country. And that was it. And then you're going to get back to the real job that you had, right? Right. Which was providing for your family, providing for your businesses, whatever that is. So that, that was never the intent. Uh, I have two words, um, silent majority, silent majority. And I think that unfortunately what we ended up doing is we start thinking that this is out of our control and that we can't do anything about it because we think on the global stage of life, right? And I would tell you, I just want to encourage and I want to convict everybody out there is that you got to start in your own backyard. First of all, you got to make sure that your house is in order right? Are you having the conversations with your children? Are you having the conversations with your spouse? Uh, are you all in alignment on the things that you can agree on? Are you all in alignment of why you believe in what you believe? Are you all in alignment that, uh, that what you stand for and why you stand for it, right? Are you having the conversations with your children? So they, they have, they, they have been empowered by you as the father, as the dad, um, as the leader of the household to understand why you are so passionate about your stance, right? And first of all, and you got to make sure your stance is, uh, is, is it not only has passion, but your, your stance uh, has a solid foundation, right? And we, we believe in the five foundations. We believe that the first biggest thing that we can have uh, as a foundation is our faith, right? Uh, and so I would just encourage you, like, you have to know what you stand for. Uh, the second thing is, is that you also have to look in your community. How do you make an impact in your community? And here's the thing is that we all have these opinions. We all have our, um, uh, our, our causes and our beliefs. But what impact are we making in our specific community? What are we doing in our businesses? What are we doing with the leadership that we have personally that's making the impact? Are we going to the school boards? Are we going to city council? Are we making sure that we're helping and standing and, and, and talking with the right people? If we're not doing that, then we can't make the bigger decision that's over here. We cannot help people as we're growing, right? We cannot help people as when it comes to them helping us as a, a state, like right? the state of Wyoming, the state of Colorado, you get my point here, right? If we're not willing to start in our own backyard, it's really hard to make an impact uh, when it comes yeah. to the national stage. So I just want to encourage everybody out there. Well, what do you do? Well, you get you get around. Well, first of all, you get around like-minded people so that you make sure that you have the facts and you make sure that you're able to articulate what you really are passionate about. But then you also have to have start having the conversations with other people outside of that as well, too. And if they do not believe in what you believe, that's okay. Find the common ground, Right. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, in a sense, right? Find the common ground that you have with them. Because here's what I know is that it doesn't matter what style uh, or what side of the aisle you are, whether you're Republican or Democrat or liberal or libertarian, you do have some commonality there that you have that you can find, right? You don't have to believe in everything the same. I get that. I understand that. But what is it that's going to unite you for the common good of this country, common good of your community first and foremost, right? So make an impact in your community, make an impact in your family first, and then let's have a talk on what we can do on something bigger and on a bigger scale. So just want to encourage everybody out there. Yeah, this is this is a challenge. This is challenging times. Uh, there, there's, real, there's real issues that we have to deal with. But at the same time, first of all, at the end of the day, for us that have faith, we all know who wins at the end. 
We mean, we should never, ever forget that. We're going to have to go through hell and back. We know that we're going to have to, this is, this isn't going to be an easy trip by any means. Right. Uh, but we all know at the end of the day, who wins the final battle. So we can rest assured in that. And that should give us hope that we have the confidence to go and make an impact as big as we're allowed to. So that's all I got gentlemen. All right. Appreciate your time. This has been good. This is fun. Awesome. Love it. Right. All right. For all of you that are listening, uh, thanks so much for the comments. Thanks so much for participating in, in here. You guys know that we go live every Monday, 12 o'clock uh, to basically one o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Uh, we've got some things coming up. We're going to excited about sharing with you guys. I went live last week to talk about some things that we've got coming up in the first part of October, uh, which is our six week uh, class. And then, of course, we've got an event coming up here in November. We're going to start. Uh, we're going to give you some information on that as well, too, before we actually get it out to everybody else. And uh, the website, by the way, the website is almost done. We should be live by the end of the week. I'm excited about that. Uh, we just uh, we just signed up with another affiliate, and you are not going to want to miss when we unveil that as well, too. This is going to be amazing. Uh, it's an amazing affiliation that we get, and you guys have access to something that you know that uh, well that we know that you're going to absolutely love, and it's going to be really vital to your vitals if you get. My <laughs> so. All right, gentlemen, always a pleasure. Cheers, my friend. Thanks, guys.